Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. Coming to you from London, England on Tuesday, July 19th when it is hotter than the freaking sun. It is 40 degrees uh, where I live in North London. That means it's probably hotter in central London. 40 degrees might be fine in Spain uh, where they have the infrastructure for that sort of thing. Tiled floors, thick walls, dark rooms, uh, like even the way the roofs are built makes sense for hot weather. England has the infrastructure for absolutely nothing. England is set up for the plague and like nothing else. Um, when it gets snowy here, which it does now, it never really did. Even when I moved here 15 years ago, there was one snowfall that I remember being significant in March 2009. I went to work. I was the only person who made it there. It was me, the boss, and one other person. The boss was like, what the hell? You're pregnant, Catherine. How are you here? This is before I had Violet. And how I was there is I walked to the bus stop. I saw the buses weren't running. I walked all the way to the tube station. The tubes were sort of running intermittently. I got on a tube. I walked from the nearest tube stop that was working to my office. And I was like 20 minutes late because I'm Canadian. And I was born with snowshoes. But I don't blame England for not being ready for that. Your buses will slide down all your hilly, icy roads. Nobody has winter tires. You don't have any chains. You put dirt on the roads instead of salt. If you put salt to melt the ice and snow... It would fuck up your cars and rust them. I get it. Why would you pour millions of pounds into having snow plows and stuff like that when it rarely snows? Then again, why did you pour trillions into a COVID app that never worked? I don't know how you make your decisions, the government, but good luck to you anyway. They're also not set up for heat. Guys, if you are listening from a different country, you will be floored to learn that there is no air conditioning in the UK, Canada, America, I assume other places that get super hot. You walk into any home in the summer, any store, anywhere is cold, a kind of too cold. Most offices, I would say, are too cold. It's like when you pop into the grocery store on a summer's day and you walk down the freezer aisle, you're not dressed to be next to the magnums. It doesn't make any sense. Well, that is how all indoor spaces are in Canada, circulated, air-conditioned, Cold, cold air, and I think it makes people sick. I mean, it's better for you to have fresh air. 
but it doesn't usually get this hot. And some people have air conditioning. Shops have air conditioning, but not every house is equipped with like central air the way that it is in Canada. When I first moved here, once again, I was like, oh my God, we're living in abject poverty. We don't have a dishwasher. We only have a tiny fridge. We don't have air conditioning. And then I learned, no, no, that's pretty much how most people live. And now I'm doing very well. I am financially solvent. I live in a big house. I still don't have central air. We don't have screens on the windows because we don't get a million bugs like we do in Canada. And we don't have air conditioning. And when I bought this house, it was around the time Bobby and I were getting back together. And before we were married, we moved in three months before we got married. Then Bobby came over and he looked around the house and he went, oh, Kath, it doesn't have AC. He thought that I'd been like scammed in a house. And I went, yeah, there's no need. It doesn't get hot here. How wrong I was. I don't sweat. Uh, not to sound like Prince Andrew. I know. What kind of day is he having? I'm not like, I can sweat, but I rarely sweat. And if I do, I kind of just, I don't get these like soggy armpits that people get. I sort of get a lower back that's really wet. And then my face, because Botox, like I haven't had loads of Botox, but it stops you sweating. So I mean, I don't sweat in my face. Not that I ever really did. Maybe a damp upper lip, let's say. But my armpits, which have never had Botox, some people get purposeful Botox in their armpits, not for wrinkles or anything other than to stop sweating. Very interesting, all the different uses of Botox. I've never had that, but my armpits, bone dry, 24-7. That's something to know about me. A little fun fact for your pub quiz. But uh, even I am starting to like uh, glow on a day like today. It is hot. It is a hot day to do the podcast. We do have movable air cons. We have two of them in the house and fans. And there are ways that you can keep cool. You can keep your house very dark. Shut the blinds if you can. I put a bowl of ice water in front of one of the fans yesterday. And that's really good. It circulates cold air. But we don't have air conditionings in every room. And also the vacuums are not powerful. And the washing machines and dryers aren't powerful. And I complained about that one time on a panel show. And as a left-wing person, though I'm more centrist than I used to be. Someone shut me right down and was like, oh, the reason we don't have powerful Hoovers and powerful air conditionings and powerful washer dryers is because of EU climate regulations. And actually, after Brexit, we can make our own rules and have more powerful appliances. And I was like, shit, I want that, even though it's very, very bad for the planet. You are not supposed to be able to put 40 pairs of adult jeans into a washing machine and have them clean in 30 minutes and dried. That is bad. That is a red flag. Speaking of red flags, Tristan fucking Thompson, who last week, if you get all of your news from my podcast, you will have heard it here. But if you're on social media and you're out in the universe and you care about the Kardashians at all, or even if you don't, you will probably have seen the news that Chloe has decided to have another baby via surrogate with Tristan. This baby is due imminently. Who knows when? Within the next few weeks to a couple of months. I don't know. Better be soon or else she's lying about when she chose to do this because he was caught trying to cover up having had a baby with a one night stand back in December. And I'm sickened by this. But whatever. People make the decisions they make for the reasons they have. I do understand it on some level. Tristan Thompson, while all this is going on, he's got how many children now? Three that we know of and one on the way. 
And he's constantly just disrespecting himself, his loved ones, his children, his family. He has been spotted in Mykonos, bitch, holding hands and walking around with yet another big-butted love interest. And I'll tell you, not to disparage these women, someone tweeted yesterday, if you are a woman on earth who gives Tristan Thompson the time of day, you should be embarrassed. And that's absolutely true. Like, what respect do you have for yourself? But my gorgeous husband, Bobby Kay, very cleverly pointed out, like, some of these women, like, that's their vocation. That's what they want to do. They don't have notoriety. They don't really have a career. And their goal, for whatever reason, yes, probably low self-esteem. They don't want to put the elbow grease in that it takes to actually, like, cultivate a life that is honorable. They see Tristan Thompson. He's on a $20 million contract for two years. And they go, yeah, if I'm ovulating and I slide into him, his DMs, he'll clearly fuck me without a condom. And hopefully I can get pregnant by him. And then that's me all set up. I really believe that there is a form of employment out there where a specific, I'm not a specific type of woman. Because again, it's like, no, I don't think it's slut shaming to say that I don't think that's the most honorable path for anyone, man or woman. If your goal is to create life just to entrap someone and get yourself a regular child support payment, I really don't think that's aspirational. No, I think I think you're better than that. Instagram personal trainers or whoever these women are, but I really think they track their cycle and every time they ovulate, they have an Excel spreadsheet of different athletes and rock stars in the area. And they know, you know, it's, it is a goodwill hunting spreadsheet. You know, they're doing math. They're like, all right, who's in town? Who's on tour? Who's playing a game? Who's at practice? Who's doing this? All right, who's staying in what hotel? They've probably got, it's like a whole MI5 operation. They got people who work in the hotels. They got people who work at the airports. They're friends with travel agents. And they want to know who's coming in, who is an easy mark, who is dumb enough to leave their semen in an undisclosed woman. Like, what is wrong with men, period, that they would ever be so indiscriminate with their jizz? Like, women and people who ovulate, they make presumably one egg every month or so. And we guard that egg with our lives. It stays in us. It doesn't go anywhere. We're not always in control of who might fertilize that egg, unfortunately. And we're not always in control of like, you know, everything in life. You could have that egg tampered with, but it's it's always with you. Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine what the world would be like if when we had sex, we sprayed eggs everywhere and left them? in the testicles of like random men or even in the bin like when some of these rock stars let's say they do use a condom and they tie it in and they put it in the bin or whatever you're still leaving like viable cum where you can't see it anymore and then they leave they're like bye i would never do that i would not leave my eggs in a condom at the bottom of a bin ever i know exactly where my eggs are at all times and that's how i like it but i just i don't know what's going on with this man He obviously has an addiction to sex, to love, to affection. I think it's sick. And at this point, people are losing respect 
for the people around Tristan, even that Chloe does not get sympathy from people anymore because they're like, why are you doing this? Presumably she doesn't care what he's up to, but you have to think your children are part nature, part nurture. You are choosing to create embryos and have babies with someone who has, all right, good points and bad points. Very tall, really great athlete, Canadian citizenship. Uh, I don't know if he's handsome anymore. I can't even tell. I'm so blinded by rage. I think presumably Tristan's handsome. Uh, Chloe does not need his money. But then the cons are he is uh, demonstrates terrible judgment and obviously isn't smart because he can't even cover his tracks. He is a liar and a bad liar at that. And why would you want those qualities in your children? And not every child is exactly like their dad or not every child is exactly like their mom. But you're rolling the dice when you have children with a fucking idiot. Trust me, I know. So, I mean, I don't know. I was incensed to see it on social media. Incensed. Tristan, get your life together. Get home from Mykonos. Go to therapy and try to be the kind of father that your daughter and sons can look up to and be like, oh, you know, I trust my dad. He doesn't disrespect my mother. He doesn't disrespect me. He uh, doesn't disrespect himself. And he has good judgment. That's all I ask. Now, I wanted to dedicate the episode today to Love Island because I've been watching it with Bobby. It is a ritual of ours. I really feel like a lot of the UK and people abroad who can access the ITV hub or they watch Love Island, I don't know how, online, or they wait until it comes to a streaming service that they can access. It's a comfort. It's sort of the way Big Brother blew up in the early 2000s. It's something that you can put on every evening. People still like the regularity and the ritual, I think, of event television. And that's very encouraging. I was reading the other day that a lot of younger people are canceling their streaming service subscriptions because they want to save money. Now, I am on some of the best streaming services. I love the streaming services because you can watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it. But there's also room still when so many entertainment reporters, you know, writers and like predictors and tastemakers, they said, no, 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 television's going to be over. It's all about the streaming services. There's still something very quaint about sitting down with the family for a show that different age groups enjoy at nine o'clock and going, okay, Love Island's on. Violet, come up from your room. Even Bobby likes to watch it because of, I don't know, the sociology. Because why would two 39-year-old, very fulfilled married people sit down to watch a bunch of teenagers crying and fingering each other? I don't know. Sometimes I watch it and I just feel like, what, what business of mine is these kids' lives? But there's an element of nostalgia. You see yourself in it. You see some of the mistakes that you made. You made some of the leaps developmentally and you learn the lessons in love that you're watching these people play out in front of the nation. And it's so high stakes, really, because they know now people who go on reality TV, they're not silly. They're not like, oh, this is an experience. No, they understand very clearly all of them, but especially Gemma, that when they come out, they're going to be celebrities and they could have a career you know it's the it's the reality show version of fucking Tristan Thompson at this point it's like oh I don't have to work again after this I went in a fishmonger I'm coming out a brand ambassador fine 
And if they find love along the way or they have a little summer romance, great, because these teenagers and early 20-somethings, you know, they're all little monkeys at the end of the day. We're not better than monkeys. Biology, anthropology, hormones take over. And hopefully you meet someone. I like all of these kids. I think they all have redeemable qualities, but I'm worried about a few. Let's start with Gemma. When she first went in, I was concerned because I saw that she's 19 years old. She has looked about 25 years old since she was 14 years old from the throwback pics that the tabloids are putting out there. And then she dated Jax when she was very young. And then she was matched up early with a 26-year-old. And there's something about that age gap. And you might be thinking, Catherine, seven years, that's fine. There are lots of married fulfilled people who have a seven-year age gap. Right. But it's, for me, all about when that age gap occurs developmentally. And uh, when someone's still just out of high school, you know, 19, if the word teen is in your age, Scott Disick, step away from the young woman. I really feel like if you're 30 and 37, that's one thing. But if one of you is still a teenager, you just, there's something not illegal, but sickening about it for me personally. I don't like it. It rubs me the wrong way. But luckily, none of that went anywhere that we saw. Gemma has found a parent love with a 22-year-old who, bless him, she is galaxies smarter, uh, more well-adjusted, more mature. This She's like the Yoda of the island. Who knew that the youngest one, this little chum, a 19-year-old girl, who you would think with a celebrity family might be entitled, might be spoiled, might be a bit of a brat. I feel like I need Gemma to be my therapist, my life coach. I feel like she is just brilliant and reads every situation with a such wisdom and maturity. The girl has an old soul. Tiny little young body. So once again, Scott Disick, step away from the child, but she's really cool and really smart and really doesn't take any shit and is laid back. And I feel like when she comes out of the villa, she's not someone that I would worry about at all. I think she is so well adjusted to life, even as a young person, that when she gets criticism, which she you will invariably, if you put yourself out there, let's say you work in an office and there are five people in that office, plus you, two of them are slagging you off. If you become a celebrity and five million people know you, guess what? Five, two million people are slagging you off, minimum, probably three on a bad day. Five million, all of the people are slagging you off and it goes up and down. And so you have to be very, very robust to handle that. I feel like Gemma can handle it. The one who cannot, bless her, is Tasha. I've not been on board with the Tasha-Andrew relationship from the start. Chiefly because I just don't see it. I don't think that it's a good match. And now we have lots of these matches when we're young, that it's just not suited well. Andrew appears to be, I mean, all the boys this series appear to be puppies in love with the girls, way more interested in all of the girls than any of the girls are in the boys. But Tasha and Andrew takes it to a whole new level where Andrew is clearly smitten with this girl. And Tasha is long and lean and beautiful and hasn't had a lot of experience with serious relationships. She keeps it casual, as you should, I believe, when you're 22 years old, which is, I think, how old she is, or 21. 
But things have happened. Andrew went to Casa Amor, which is the villa you go into when you're meant to be tempted by single, uh, sexy singles. And he was tempted. He got off with this girl hard and fast every day. To use a quote, I licked her tit or whatever. Yes, he sucked on her boobs. And she told the villa about this. And he also said, I would ruin you. And Tasha had to watch this back when they take clips. The producers take clips of Casa Amor and project it to all of the villa. And she didn't mind. She was like, oh, Andrew, what are you going to do? But every time she gets voted low at the weekly or biweekly public vote, she has an absolute breakdown. She seems to care so much about public opinion and what people think. If Is she in favor or is she out of favor? And the fact that she keeps coming at the bottom, she just absolutely implodes over that. And she's like, no, it knocks your confidence. You don't understand. Yes, I understand. It sucks. It hurts. But if you're not someone who can handle it, then you absolutely are in the wrong industry. Lovely girl, beautiful girl, get out of show business exactly now while you can. And I'm sure producers have clocked this too because duty of care is something that is taken so seriously by ITV and by all of the big channels. You know, they've learned as time goes on that reality TV can potentially be quite damaging. So I promise you that I know from experience they have experts on hand to talk to these kids, to pull them out probably several times a day and check in with them, assess their mental health, assess where they are every day and go, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Can I get anything? Let's talk this through to make sure that they're making healthy decisions. Again, this is why you never see them drunk in the villas anymore because they're taken care of. Nobody wants to film someone doing something they regret or take them out of a clear-headed view of, of what they're doing on national television you know they're really well looked after but how the hell they are letting Tasha continue to be in this process when she clearly will not be able to handle criticism when she gets out like has anyone said to Tasha yeah there are people who are not going to like you and especially she still hasn't even had access to social media or anything else she's just in the villa learning that the public aren't voting for her as, as highly as they're voting for others, and she's already crying. Oh, my, wait until you come out. And not that she's a bad person or that she deserves, or and I'm not even saying that people should be able to make nasty comments online, but the reality of the matter is they do. And these contributors have to have the type of robust personalities to handle it when they come out, because it is always going to be so much worse than they ever anticipate so god bless this little girl when she comes out she needs to take my mental health class she needs to read my book (laughs) or i mean i don't even know if there is a shortcut to being like okay someone sent me a screen grab from facebook today there's like a facebook chat i don't even know where it is because i'm not on facebook anymore uh they asked me to update security stuff and i just went no this is god's plan for me i'm out just didn't update it. So my account is no longer active. But there's a thread on there talking about how fat I got in my pregnancy with a friend. (laughs) And that's fine. I think it's really funny. There's a man who's like, well, I just don't think pregnancy is any good excuse for a woman to get so fat. And then someone else was like, well, you clearly don't understand the effects that a large dose of steroids can have on a person. It's not actually fat. It's done. And he was like, wow, she got just so fat. And it's like, all right. Why? I just, I'm missing the chip 
that tells me that I should give a fuck whatsoever what some random man <laughs> thinks about me. I don't care. Tasha, you can't care. Do you understand the level of scum who are going to reach out to you and try to hurt your feelings or who have an opinion of you because they just, you know, it's fun for them. You have to look at it as like, all right, people get to watch me do this or look at my outfit or look at my face or look at my fat or listen to what I've said. And they get to make a judgment on whether they like that or not. And they're going to get entertainment from me. Either they like it, they thought it was funny and they're entertained by it or they didn't like it, they still, the people especially who like to focus on what they don't like, they get entertainment from not liking something. So let them be entertained by you either way. Like if someone wants to have, like pour their day into this big chat about how much they don't like me, they're still having fun. If they want to say I've had plastic surgery or talk about this stuff, they're still having fun. So job done. I don't give a shit. Jax was... Gemma's previous boyfriend who somehow got into the villa they've never had it before where a Love Islanders ex comes in because I totally thought that was already a show ex on the beach where probably former Love Islanders do appear but this guy comes in and I'm like what are they doing bringing in Gemma's ex but I think it was just a coincidence that they were from the same group of friends where they dated fine and nothing dramatic happened with that so he comes in he slags Gemma off a little bit to the boys. Gemma said, you know what? I haven't said a bad word about you, so you should keep your mouth shut. Once again, Gemma showing what an iconic old soul she is. She truly didn't slag off her ex at all in the villa. He starts dating this lovely girl, Paige. Things go wrong. He misbehaves in Casa Amor as well, and he just can't handle it. And he cries, and he's having a difficult time, and his relationship with Paige is getting worse and worse and worse because... He's a very young man. Well, he's not that. I think he's 26. But still, that's young for me looking at him. And he's a boy. And so he's really struggling. And I liked it that you could tell there was some off-camera chat where the health and safety team must have advised, yeah, you're not doing well. There's no need for you to stay. Like, if your relationship with Paige is strong enough, it'll happen on the outside. Let's get you out of here. Because all of a sudden... He comes and gives a chat to everyone goes, I've decided to leave today. So if you don't work in television or you don't know this, it would not have been he's just sat on his own and he goes, well, I've decided to leave. No, it's these very, very constant chats with the duty of care, wellness, mental health team where they would have probably I'm guessing I have no inside information on this, but I'm guessing they would have looked at him, his progress, see how upset he is every day. And maybe advised him and like, you're not doing well, let's maybe take you out. And where is he now? He's probably not gone back to England where he's like watching the show normally with his friends, being absolutely wounded, watching Paige make out without him every night. Because, yeah, she has moved on. But he's probably, you know, being looked after and discussing like, OK, well, this went wrong in you. He's a, these are the positive points from being on the show and da 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 because they look after you. So I'm glad they're looking after him. And so I think everything's going to be okay for all of the ones on the show. But someone's got to get in there and look after Tasha because I cannot have her coming out into the real world and reacting to criticism the way she reacts to criticism on the island. Violet early doors spotted that India is probably the most beautiful one on the island. Day one, Violet was like, look at this girl, stunning. She's going to win. 
She and Dami are Violet's firm favorites, even though Dami also misbehaved in Casa Amor. I mean, Casa Amor was treated very differently this series, where people, and, and again, I think this was producer input, where the producers probably said, even if you're still interested in your current partner, if you see someone in Casa Amor that you have a rapport with and you'd like to continue to get to know them as well because everyone's single, bring them back and you can get to know both people. Well, that's actually quite hurtful when you put it into practice. If I was seeing Bobby, for example, and he went to Casa Amor and he came back with someone, I mean, saying we're not married and we're not dating, if we had just started seeing each other or whatever, but like our generation didn't do that. There's no like, it feels very American to me. And I don't think Brits did it very much, my age group anyway. And I don't think Canadians did it very much where they'd be like, oh, no, we're just talking. We're just dating. We're just seeing each other. It's like, no, you like someone and then you're an item or you're not. You know right away. There's none of this Danica business chat of like, oh, yeah, maybe we could work together. Let's talk. See if there's anything there. Feel each other out. Keep getting to know each other. I think we could really uh, amplify this relationship into something quite special. Danica is a girl on the island who's lovely and talented. Uh, she tries to couple up with every single person, but from a real uh, enterprise angle, she's like, all right, hello, nice to know you. Uh, you're single, I'm single. I think we should try to share a bed tonight, see if there are any sparks. Huh? Yes, you'll fill out this contract if you think that we should be together. I'll fill it out as well. We'll see how it goes. No, no, no. She got more posh as the time went on in my accent, not in the show, but just the way I'm doing her accent. I don't know where she's from. London? But um, she doesn't ha seem for me to have like any genuine spark with anyone. She feels to me like someone who's clinically approaching Love Island. So she's a different story. Fine. But if Bobby and I were just seeing each other, which did not happen during our generation, and he went over to Casa Amor, and we had already shared a bed, kissed, whatever people are doing under the covers, spent loads of time together, been affectionate. If he came back with someone, then he and I would be done. There's no like, oh, you want to still get to know me and you met her in Casa Amor and you'd still like to get to know her? Great, great. No. And that seems to be the theme of this season is, and maybe that's just emblematic of a younger generation where a lot of them go, yeah, now I'm seeing both of you. Let's see how it goes. Weird. But... Dami brought someone back from Casa Amor. India also, to cover herself, stayed with the guy she met during the Casa Amor time. But then these were just like experiments. They both dropped those people very quickly. And I guess it just crystallized that they wanted to be together. I like them. I feel like they're a front runner to win, even though it's very hard for me to like understand this Casa Amor behavior. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. I'm not really worried about anyone else. But my main takeaway is... The girls are so much more mature than the boys. The boys seem like really nice guys, though it's weird for me to watch. Again, as a 39-year-old woman, just watching these people kick off and be like, oh, she's making a mug out of me. I'll see her flirting with someone behind my butt. And it's like, why are we watching this, Bobby? We like it. We find it compelling. But especially now, I think all the fighting's over. All the sociological lessons to be learned are over and they're going to start meeting each other's parents and just like being in love. Maybe I'll stick around. I will. I mean, who am I kidding? I will stick around. I think Davide and Ekansu doing Meet the Parents episode, that will be very exciting for me. I want to meet the people who raised Davide 
and Akinsu. And I think they have a fun, really strange relationship, kind of like Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne style of like, well, I don't really get that, but it seems to work. Relationship. They could, they could go the distance. It's so crazy. It might just work. But in the beginning, I was not a Davide fan. He was brought in as like a hunk. And I don't, I know I'm married to a hunk, but just the whole oily, like torso and the accent, it was just quite on the nose for me. But now Davide is fucking hilarious. He is coming with the best memes. Liar, actress. She did not even cry when he kissed the, the boobs of Coco. I mean, that was a gem. Are you watching Love Island? What do you think of it? Please email me telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Do you watch it every year? Will you be watching it next year? Do you sort of, in a nasty way that you know you shouldn't, miss the older seasons when they were allowed to drink and fuck? Do you remember the girl who thought she was so clever that she had sex on top of the duvet? Because you see them hiding under the covers. This girl had full-blown intercourse on top of the duvet because she thought she was smart. She was like, well, the cameras can't show it if I just fuck in the open. Uh, honey, Yes, they can. And they did. Write me a letter. If you live in Canada or near Canada, what's near Canada? Mm, America. But you know, I've traveled from further than that to see an artist that I like. I have shows starting July 29th in Montreal. I'm doing two shows at Maison de Théâtre in Quebec for the Just for Laughs Festival at... I don't really know, 7.45 on the 29th and the 30th. You can get tickets at hahaha.com. That is the Just for Laughs website. Amy Schumer's there. Fortune Feimster's there. Jimmy Carr's there. Dara O'Brien is there for the first time in 20 years. If you have the means and time to leave this sweaty, whatever you want to call I don't want to slag off England. Violet was in the car today being like, I hate England. I was like, that's the most British thing you've ever said. She just was hot, and she had come back from Spain. It's, she doesn't actually hate England. But if you want to get out of the sweaty asshole that is the UK at the minute, even though the weather's about to break in a couple days, if you want to come to Montreal, it's just the best festival. It's so much fun. It is so much fun. And so many great people are there. I have shows there. I'm also doing this big 40th anniversary showcase with my friend Jimmy Carr and Fortune Feimster and many more on the late evening of the 30th and then I'm traveling around Canada a little bit to visit I am doing a show August 4th in Ottawa I'm doing a show August 6th in Toronto right near my sister's house we're gonna be having a great time there are still a few tickets available for that but it is selling very well so if you want to come please come and then I'm back on tour in the UK and Europe in the autumn I'm all around the UK, um, mopping up the cities that I wasn't able to do before, and I'm doing Paris, Amsterdam, Oslo, I think, Helsinki, who knows? Look online. Don't buy tickets from dodgy reselling sites. Always buy them from Live Nation, or in the case of JFL, hahaha.com, and I will see you there. And when we return, I will answer your most burning questions, most of them about love. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. First and foremost, we had a very heartbreaking email that we ended on last week. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, it's called Meaningful Loads. And this is not what the email was about, but it was about HPV, specifically the type of HPV that causes like visible genital warts. And this poor lady was so nice and she was just not receiving help and she had quite suicidal thoughts about her body and it just sent her into a tailspin, which I totally understand. So I asked you guys because I don't have information about how to help warts. And I got this wonderful email from a health nurse in the UK. She said, I have had HPV both on my cervix and the genital warts strain. And I know how distressing it can be. Both of these HPV strains are gone for me now. And we can definitely get your listeners warts gone too. As an aside, I was diagnosed with HPV. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say after I got back with my husband, not blaming anyone for giving it to me because who knows, you seriously can have it dormant and then it shows up in a test when you're like stressed or when your autoimmune flares up, whatever. But I'd never had a positive test before and I'd always been for my regular smears. You have to go for your regular smears. Even if you think you're young, I can't stress this enough. I know too many people who have had very bad results that could have been caught earlier and were luckily caught on time. But the HPV that I had didn't cause any warts or anything. It was just a few abnormal cells in my cervix. I didn't require them to be lasered off or anything. They just went away. I had um, a colposcopy, which is where they biopsy those cells. And it was level one. It was very low. And then once my immunity recovered, um, the HPV went away. So I've had smears since then. And I don't have HPV either right now. So always, like, even if they tell you something's incurable, some of this stuff, like, just goes away or goes dormant. I continue. I have seen patients who haven't had any sex for a decade who have had warts just pop up one day. It is a virus you can carry for a long time without developing the bumps and your immune system might get rid of the virus without you ever even knowing that you've had it. It's normally very mild and easily treated and you can never really know who you've caught it from, although we all have a tendency to blame the arsehole ex if we do have one, and most of us do. If you're carrying it and then become pregnant, your immune system is suppressed, so it gives the warts an opportunity to pop up. In sexual health, we treat them with cryotherapy, which is freezing, and they often resolve. If not, they may resolve when your immune system is up and running after pregnancy. If not, then we advise coming back for review and further treatment. It doesn't sound like this woman was given such advice. The cream treatments are not safe to use when pregnant, so freezing is the only option during pregnancy. With more sizable warts, surgical removal is often the best option to reduce the quantity. They may come back 
but if if so, smaller and fewer in amount can be managed by cryotherapy. Podophilotoxin, probably the home acid treatment discussed, or a cream called Aldara, which gets your immune system to fight the warts. Aldara or Lamiquimod is not a great treatment option if your immune system is not functioning as it should. We have seen some people with long COVID not responding to this treatment when they have no other underlying immune systems issues. If you have a healthy immune system, though, it might be helpful. Her GP has maybe referred her to gynae for assessment for surgical removal. Referral pathways vary in different areas. Dermatology are where we refer patients for surgical wart removal, but gynecology will be able to advise her on the best treatment plan when her appointment comes through. It may be worth calling them and seeing what their protocol is for cancellations. Well, I don't, look, you're a nurse in the UK. I don't know if you could just call the NHS without being on hold for three weeks. But yeah, okay, try to call them. With a COVID spike happening at the moment, people are likely to be canceling hospital appointments last minute, so maybe she could get seen earlier than scheduled. Pfft, unlikely. I also feel she may benefit from something called psychosexual counseling or psychosexual therapy. This sounds good. It can benefit people having psychological issues around sex for a whole variety of reasons, including changed relationship with her sexuality due to having a chronic infection. Her sexual health clinic or GP should be able to refer her. Typically, people's bodies can clear the virus and recurrences stop happening after about two years of having the virus. She needs help getting rid of these bumps caused by the virus to give her body a chance to fight the virus. And then hopefully she won't be bothered by it anymore, particularly not to the same extent as she is now. Generally speaking, if any listeners are struggling with genital warts, they should seek advice at a sexual health clinic. Smoking tobacco and cannabis makes the HPV virus more persistent, so it can be harder to treat and reoccurrence is more likely. Also, shaving pubic hair can spread and distribute the warts. Apologies, I'm writing this in a very hot clinic room, and if I have made errors or it's full of typos, hopefully the key points come through. (laughs) No, you have made no errors or typos. I feel like this is a very informative email. I get that when this is in front of you, it feels like a mountain to climb, especially with the NHS as it is right now. It is not just so easy to get an appointment, but it feels like psychosexual therapy, if you can access it, if you can access it, sounds great. And getting some of these surgically removed, like why aren't they prioritizing that for you? Because like this health nurse says, Get rid of them. Give the virus a chance to calm down. But the virus can't calm down right now when it's also fighting all these lesions. You know, so that needs to be surgically removed. And then hopefully your immune system can calm down. Maybe have like general blood tests and find out what else is going on with your immune system. Because a lot of autoimmune diseases anyway overlap. And like who knows if there's some underlying problem why your immune system isn't fighting this enough. Or or maybe it's just because you need to get these warts surgically removed or frozen off to give your immune system a chance. Here's a letter called help. Am I a terrible person? No, very few people are terrible, terrible people. Sometimes good people do terrible things. Let's see. Catherine, last year I met a girl at work and we quickly became really good friends. We have a lot in common and we have similar energies. Our friendship was deep from the start and we talk about our problems, spend time together outside of work, train in the gym together and go on girly nights out. We're both married. 
me happily and her not so much. Her husband is really horrible to her and she often talked about leaving him. Her mental health was really being affected by this. I've been through a tough time with mental health in my life so I was happy to support her where I could and this has really made us grow closer. About December time she started getting close to a guy at work. It then developed into a full-blown affair. I don't approve of anyone having affairs generally but seeing this secret fling spark excitement for her boosted my mood and made me kind of, oh, boosted her mood. It made me kind of accept it. Fast forward six months and she's madly in love with this guy from work who is also married, but he has ended things with her and now she's heartbroken. The past couple of months, our whole friendship is based on talking about him, crying over him, calling me through the night, having a breakdown, showing up at my house late at night, hysterically crying. I'm really worried about her and I've been for her 20, I've been there for her 24-7 in all ways, but I'm finding the drama really exhausting. I'm trying to distract her, tell her to move on, forget about him. I even change the subject when she mentions him. I'm going through a major change in my own life, and I'm genuinely feeling so stressed when she contacts me now as I feel like her therapist. Am I an asshole? Am I a terrible person or friend? I want to be there for her so much, but things are getting heavy, and I also work with the guy she was having the affair with what so I have both of them talking to me about this I just wish I didn't know about any of it how can I tell her I want to be her friend but I'm feeling bogged down by all this oh my god so you're right in the middle you know them both what oh you met her at work oh of course so you guys all work together oh god well look we all have a threshold of what we can handle and you have taken on a lot in this friendship from the start you were happy in your marriage and she wasn't so she already had a lot of baggage to bring to the table and slag off her husband or whatever was going on she already heaped a lot of that on you which you were very gracious about it sounds like and then she started having an affair and talking to you about this affair and now you're in the middle already before it even went to shit because you know she's married you know the guy at work is married they're fucking and they're in love all of a sudden and now you have to act like you don't know about it around him you really in your core don't agree with what's going on but you've let it slide so now you're taking on more like emotional labor in this friendship and now the of course the relationship's done because they very rarely leave their wives to all you tristan thompson hunting mistresses out there um (laughs) And so now she's sad and you've just had enough. So this isn't, it's not like you had a very equal friendship and one person got sad and you don't have time for sadness. You've already dealt with a lot. I just think, if you still want to be friends, he first of all needs to not talk to you about it. I think you need to say, look, my loyalty is to my friend. You are a guy at work who is an associate of mine, a colleague. You had an affair behind your wife's back. If I were you, I wouldn't speak to me about it at all sort out your own issues, get like a male friend or a dog. Don't talk to me about it because that's how I would be to anyone who broke up with my girlfriend. Even if that person was totally in the right, I'd be like, you broke up with my girlfriend. Fuck you. I don't want to talk to you about it at all. But she's probably pushing you to talk to him too. And like, what does he say? And when does he feel? Oh my God. What a nightmare. I think I have people in my life who don't always listen to advice and that's very frustrating but I don't think that it helps to move them on to be like, don't think about him. Don't talk about him. Let's move on. I think you have to, if you want to stay in this friendship and get through it, I think the quickest way 
is not around, the quickest way is through, you know? So you need to just be like, yeah, yes, you are sad about that. And some advice that was given to me when dealing with someone who doesn't want to take advice is to say, Ooh, yeah, that is hard. What are you going to do about that? Hmm, that is a tough spot. Well, what do you think the next step is going to be for you? You know, instead of giving her the answers, ask her to come up with the answers herself. And it does just take time. And I think you could gently suggest a book or therapy or a podcast about grief. Because at the end of a relationship, you do have to grieve it like a death. And then like, just don't text her back so quickly or answer all of her calls. And like over time, this will go away. And if it, if it gets to be really way too much, you have to say, look, I do need some boundaries with this because I've had a lot and I want to be your friend and I want to support you. But it's like, I'm also going through this own thing and you need to not show up unannounced, you know, make some boundaries. But in the meantime, don't try to move around quickly. Just ask her to come up with the answers. If she keeps repeating herself about what's troubling her, you go, yes, that is horribly sad. What's your next move going to be? Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Ask her. Be a mirror. Redirect the question. Good luck. But you're not an asshole. No, no, no. Here's one called, how do you stop loving someone? Oh, shit. This is your best friend. Your best friend's emailing me now. Catherine, I've been having an affair with a guy from work. No, (laughs) just kidding. No, she says, Catherine, I'm 23 and my boyfriend of four years broke up with me a month ago and I'm finding it really hard to get over him. So how do you stop loving someone? No one cheated or hurt each other. It ended amicably and on good terms, even though it was his choice so he could focus more on himself and his work. So it's not like I can hate him. That makes it harder to get over him. The relationship was good and I know that because I'm young, there will inevitably be more great boyfriends for me, etc. But how do I get through this shit bit? I've been journaling and trying to be very mature with it. I've not been shagging around or getting drunk all day, but I just feel so low and unhappy. What if he is my Bobby K equivalent? What do I do? Because I'm trying to move through this in a logical way, but the physical pain in my heart has not gone away and I don't see purpose to anything I do now. Oh, again, like, unfortunately, there's no shortcut. It's just going to be shit. You have to strap yourself in and go, I'm going to be sad and I'm going to feel like shit for quite a while. They say it takes as long as you dated someone to get over them fully. And I know that four years, you're not going to be feeling this shit for four years. With time, you'll think of it less often, but it'll hurt kind of just as much when you think of it. But it will be, you know, two days between thinking about it and it won't be so intense. You won't wake up in the middle of the night and think you're still together and then remember that you're not and feel broken up with all over again. You know, we've all been there. It will just take some time. It Like, th- that's it. There's no shortcut. It just will. Um, this is why a lot of people just start shagging around and drinking through it to numb the time. But the time still goes just as slowly and then you end up hurting yourself sometimes along the way. So it's not worth doing that. So that's good. But he is not your Bobby K because Bobby K... Well, he broke up with me, but we were like 10 years younger than you guys. And if he is your Bobby K, then you don't have to do anything at all. And he will just magically come back to you when the time is right. That's the good news. I did fuck all to make, well, I did everything in the beginning because I was really sad to lose him. I did everything. Cried, cried, cried. Felt like there was no purpose in anything. I ate nothing but Cool Ranch Doritos for a solid month. I did everything. 
And then I started dating around. I started dating the high school prom bouncer, which I feel like it wasn't explicitly illegal, but it was definitely frowned upon. I did a lot of self-sabotage. So luckily, you're more mature than I was. But the good news is, it's hard to say at the time because you don't want to picture him dating someone else or doing anything else. But he does need this time for sure. And just look at it as a blessing and think about the things that you're going to do next and that you can do now that you might not be able to do before. The freedom that you have now. You could live in any country. You could do anything. You could show him. I know this is the toxic way of thinking about it, but if it helps you be motivated, you could just show him what he's definitely missing by becoming your best self. And who cares if that's a toxic reason, if it makes you smarter and stronger and better in the long run. And that is what suffering does. It, you know, suffering, we always come out of it better than we went in. And it sucks when you're going through it, but it's awesome at the end. All the suffering I've had, I feel very grateful for, even if it sucked at the time. I loved it. Um, so just do absolutely nothing to get him back. And if he's meant to come back to you, if he is, as you say, Bobby Kay, then you will walk into a bar one day when he is a mature adult, which he isn't now. He can't be at 24. If you don't believe me, throw on Love Island and it will be the right time and you will both be better for it. Because if Bobby and I had stayed together, I trust me, we would not be together now. Bobby was a hopped up little prick when he was 24. <laughs> so God bless the women who shaped him into the man I'm married to now. This is good news. It doesn't feel like it, but it's good news and you'll get through it. Thank you very much for listening. That is all the time we have for today. I will be continuing the podcast while I'm in Canada. So please look out for next week's episode coming to you from Ontario. I have had messages from people like, oh, you're not touring in Canada because you're not coming to Saskatchewan or New Brunswick and you're not going to be in BC. Yes, you're right. But the places I'm going to are in Canada, nevertheless. No, I'm not doing all of Canada. I wish I was. If there was appetite for me to come, I would go. But there's not. So come to my shows in Ontario if you can. If you don't have my book, The Audacity, why not? You can get it on Kindle or Audible, or you can get a hard copy. And the paperback is coming out soon, too, with a brand new cover. It is a little handbook for all the lovely little snippets of advice that I give on here. It's got pregnancy loss stuff. It's got autoimmune stuff. It's got boyfriend stuff. It's got stuff from my childhood, stuff about success that I learned, stuff about parenting that I've learned. It's got a whole chapter on how I potty trained both my kids before they were a year old. Uh, well, it doesn't have the Fred chapter because he wasn't born, but I did it with him and it works. So thank you for all your support. Um, please email me telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Anything you want to write, if you want to tell me something, if you have advice for another listener, if you have a problem, yo, I'll solve it. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.